I'm pretty sure that whoever decided that God was an old bearded man in the clouds was a guy. In most ancient religious traditions around the world, though, the divine is seen as both feminine and masculine, as both male and female. And on Mother's Day, I think it's appropriate to spend some time celebrating the goddess, the feminine face of the divine. The notion that the creative power of the universe is male is a peculiar one, and it's pretty well confined to the three Abrahamic religions, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. And really, it's pretty well confined to particular modern interpretations of even those three religions. For even within Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, there are centuries of tradition that recognize the feminine face of the divine. One need only look at the Roman Catholic Church's idolization of Mary, mother of Jesus, to understand a tradition aching to understand God as not only father, but also mother. Mary, mother of God, queen of heaven, blessed mother, our lady, is a powerful presence to many Catholics who understand the creative force in the universe as having feminine qualities. The Hebrew scriptures refer to various feminine aspects of God, including female deities such as Lilith, Asherah, and Astarte. Further, the Jewish notion of worship itself requires a large enough group for the Shekinah to be present. That large enough group is a minion, for those of you familiar with the term. Shekinah, in biblical Hebrew, means a dwelling place. And it refers to that place where the divine is present, be it in a temple, in a synagogue, in any minion. It is a feminine word. It refers to a feminine presence of the divine. In Kabbalistic Judaism, the mystical strain of Judaism, it is very clearly understood to mean the female face of God that is required to be present in order for worship to take place. In an article on the divine feminine in Islam, I found that even our perception of Islam as a religion whose God is the very male Allah is not quite entirely accurate. Not only is Mary herself venerated in the Muslim tradition, but so is Fatima, daughter of Muhammad, and their equivalent of the Greek Sophia, mother of wisdom. Further, Islam itself celebrates the creative and merciful powers of God as feminine attributes. At the very core of Islamic philosophy, there is evidence of what can be called a vision of the motherhood of God, writes the article. In the very first surah of the Quran, the Fatiha that is recited by millions of Muslims in their daily devotions, God is called Al-Rahmin, the merciful and compassionate one. Rahmin is divine, is derived from the Arabic word for womb. Mercy is also a feminine attribute, and so Muslims are reminded each day of a God that can be either woman or man. Every day, God is compared to mother and to woman. The article continues. While the Muslim vision is often perceived to be authoritarian and punitive, the Quran on close inspection is filled with descriptions and vision of God's more feminine attributes, such as gentleness, 
providence, love, universal compassion, and tender-heartedness. There are female deities representing creativity, compassion, and motherhood in many other traditions as well. The Egyptian goddess Isis is one example. Wife of Osiris and mother of Horus, Isis was revered in the ancient Egyptian tradition as the ultimate mother. She is the patron of nature and the embodiment of compassion toward those who are suffering. Joseph Campbell, among others, sees Isis as the model for the Christian imagery of Mary and Jesus. Ancient Egyptian depictions of Isis nursing Horus are very similar to the traditional Christian paintings of Madonna and child. The Queen of Heaven, as the goddess is known in many neo-pagan traditions, is another way in which the feminine divine enters our consciousness as mother, creator, and caretaker. Like Gaia of the ancient Greek tradition, the goddess conceives and gives birth to all life. The Wiccan charge of the goddess reflects this, as written by Doreen Valiente, For I am the soul of nature, who giveth life to the universe. From me all things proceed, and unto me all things must return. And before my face, beloved of gods and mortals, thine inmost divine self shall be unfolded in the rapture of infinite joy. On Mother's Day, it is right and good to spend some time honoring traditions that have long seen a feminine face to the divine, that understand the balance that is necessary in our world. And as we celebrate mothers of all sorts and genders, those who care for others, those who show compassion and love, I offer you this poem from the mystical tradition of Sufi Islam, entitled Ode to the Divine Mother. The Sufis write, You are the beginning, you are the end, you are Alpha and Omega, you are the sweet whispering of the birds, you are the dance of the wind, you are the luster in every color, you are the fragrance of flowers. When all the flowers turn to dust, then you also will remain. We celebrate the creative force of the universe, understanding that all human life requires a woman's womb to come into being. We celebrate the compassionate and loving forces of the universe, understanding that each of our lives requires nurture and care. And it is this care we know as mothering, no matter who provides it to us. And yet we celebrate these things not to deify women, or to pretend that these forces are uniquely female. Rather, we understand that the possibility for each of these qualities resides in all of us, and that we, like so many of the ancient images of the divine, are a balance of the masculine and feminine. We do not celebrate these things to pretend that femininity, womanhood, or motherhood are one-sided propositions either. While through the millennia, people have ascribed the creative power to the feminine, seeing the woman's power both in reality, the womb's power both in reality and in symbolism, we can also recognize that motherhood is sometimes dirty work. Meg Barnhouse, in another one of her essays, calls us to understand that the venerated mother nature is not always a kind force in the universe. Death and destruction are as much a part of nature as our birth and creation. Gaia gives birth to all that is, 
and also reclaims all life when it dies. Gaia is responsible for cooing babies and also hurricanes, amber waves of grain, and also famine. Pagan priestess and theologian Starhawk reminds us of this balance as well. Every act of creation is an act of aggression, she writes. To plant a garden, you must dig out the weeds, crush the snails, thin the seedlings as they reach toward the light. To write a book, you must destroy draft after draft of your own work, cutting apart paragraphs and striking out words and sentences. Creation, Starhawk reminds us, postulates change, and any change destroys what went before. Many ancient traditions contain goddesses who embody destructive and transformative powers as well. Athena, ancient Greek goddess of war and wisdom. Ishtar, the Assyrian and Babylonian goddess of both love and war. Shekmet, the Egyptian goddess of war and destruction, but also of healing. Perhaps no female deity I know of better encapsulates this feminine power than does Kali, Hindu goddess of destruction, but also of empowerment, of time, and of change. Revered as the redeemer of the universe, Kali is at once a kind, loving protector and also a fierce and powerful destroyer. She is fire, and she is also the seeds that sprout only after exposure to heat. She is death, and she is also triumph over death. Motherhood is messy. Just ask Gaia or Kali. It is ultimately destructive to see the ultimate in the universe as male energy. Whether we choose to call it God or not, whether we think of it as supernatural or not, whether we ascribe to it a personality or not, the divine, like all of humanity, is beautifully balanced. It is male and female. It is creation and destruction. It is static and changing. It is birth and death all together. And today, we celebrate and honor that balance as we celebrate and honor mothers everywhere. Blessed be.